welcome into another episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast for the thinkers in freight. And I'm your host, Blythe Brumleave. And on this show, we're going to be talking about three big things for freight marketing in 2023. But first, before we get into that topic, that main topic, Welcome to the new podcast format. This is my podcast format that I've been teasing for a little bit over on LinkedIn and over on Twitter. If you've been watching a little bit of my career journey, but this podcast is officially independent as of January 2023. And what that means is essentially we are no longer constricted by a live TV show style format. And I mean that in the nicest way possible because personally, I love the challenge of live TV. That's what I've been doing over the last two years for Freight Waves over on a show called Cyberly. And I have loved the challenge of doing that format, but there were many instances where I would have guests on and I would be talking about topics and I would have to cut it short in order to get to that next scheduled topic or that next scheduled guest. And you can kind of imagine that sometimes that would be a hindrance to having, you know, a a really good conversation. So, With this new format, we got new music, we got new intros, outros, which doesn't really mean much to a lot of people. It means a lot to me. Um, It might mean a lot to other podcast creators out there, but it essentially is a new uh, just landing area and a new just place for my content to appear first. And when I say my content, I'm referring to the content that A, I love to really make like the logistics of lipstick, the logistics of NFL games, but then I also get to pair it in with fascinating people and who are the smartest minds inside and out of freight and bring those topics together, bring those conversations together, and really dive deep into a lot of these different discussions that need a little bit more breathing room than, you know, 15 or 20 minutes of live TV can provide. And so I'm really excited about being able to offer you those kinds of insights and have those kinds of conversations on this show. I'm very much taking an editorial approach to to this show and and moving forward, we're going to release at least two episodes every single week, whether, you know, all throughout the year. Um, So we've got a lot of cool stuff planned. We've already started, you know, doing interviews with some really great leaders within the freight space. Um, So I'm excited to share share those with you in the coming months, in the coming weeks, all that good stuff. Um, But we also have advertising partners, sponsorship partners. So shout out to SBI Logistics. They are the first sponsorship and advertising partner to be featured on this show. You will hear an advertisement for them later on in the episode, but I'm really, really excited about this new approach, this new format to podcasting, because honestly, it's something that I have been working towards since 2007. I remember blogging on my office room floor because I could not afford a desk. And when I say an office room floor, I'm talking about a porch that was converted into an office and a rental property in a really small town in Florida. And so I have since graduated to, you know, a full sort of desk suite, good mic, good camera setup, good lighting, all that good stuff. But it has taken a very long time to get here. And I'm so glad that I'll be able to do both manage digital dispatch, you know, website hosting and, and, you know, marketing platform for logistics companies that only takes about 10 hours of time per week for me. And then the rest of that time I can devote to making great educational style content. Edutainment is, I think, you know, it's kind of blending entertainment and education together. So I'm really excited to being, 
that or to be bringing that kind of content and that kind of style um, to you, the listeners, to the audience who honestly, you, you make this all possible. So first and foremost, thank you for listening. And I hope that you will stick with us, you know, throughout this journey. And you know, the content just keeps getting better and better. So Now let's get back to the main topic, which is probably the reason why you clicked on this episode to begin with, and that's three big things to watch in freight marketing in 2023. Now, first up, AI tools. If you follow me on social media, if you see me on any of the Freight Waves Now programming, you know that I have been harping on these different AI tools that are really going to change the world. And first and foremost, let me give you a little bit of backstory. So a little bit of backstory on these AI tools is that they've really only been around for a couple years now in the marketing sense of things. We have different automation tools, which is different from AI. Artificial intelligence is uh, things like the image generators. So Dolly 2, Mid Journey, um, even Lenza is a new app that you might have noticed um, being shared because of the style of photos that are being posted to Instagram. So Linza is a paid app where you can upload a bunch of photos of yourself and the AI will go through all of the different photos and then it will generate an AI art of you. And that's probably maybe what you've seen posted to Facebook, seen posted to Instagram. So all of these different platforms that are utilizing these different tools. Another big one is a company called OpenAI. They've been around for a few years now. They made a lot of noise over the summer when they released their photo generating app, their AI generating app, and that's called Dolly. And Dolly is another one of those tools where you you key in, you have essentially a, a text box and you type in what you want the image to be. You have to be very specific about the prompt that you give. Um, I'll give you one example is um, one person that I saw use this in trucking is they say a semi truck driving down a snowy highway filled with Christmas cheer. And that prompt, that whole verbiage generated a semi truck decked out in different Christmas lights driving down a scenic road with snow all around them. And it was a really nice looking photo. So it was those kinds of images that are being created using Dolly. So the the I guess the challenging part of Dolly is most people don't know how to create the prompts right to get the image that they envision in their head. So that is still being, you know, that that will be improved and it has been improved with, you know, so, some other tools that have hit the market. There's also some challenges in regards to copyright notices or copyrighted imagery that's being used to generate some of this art. So that style is um, is evolving very quickly. All of these AI tools are evolving very quickly. But OpenAI made even more waves in the last month, especially in late November when they released a tool called ChatGPT. ChatGPT is not an image generator, it's a text language model. And so basically you have that same prompt box that when you register for your ChatGPT account or your OpenAI account, which connects to Dolly and also connects to ChatGPT. So when you create that account, you log in, you'd see a dialogue box, and you type in, you know, whatever question or or something that you have on your mind, you type it into the prompt box and anything before 2021, that language model, anything posted to the internet prior to 2021 is now in that language model and can provide an answer for you. And it might seem a little confusing at first as I'm explaining this, but a lot of conversations have been um, had in recent weeks that talks about this tool 
being the death of Google search, this tool being the death of um, doctors and lawyers and consultants and, and things like that, especially when it comes to marketing. Um, so when you log into this tool and you can see some of the different prompts that you can give and the answers that you will receive, you're getting answers in seconds. And that's what's so mind-blowing about these different tools. So say um, I am experiencing a bunch of different um, medical symptoms. I go into the tool. I say, what would you diagnose me if I have XYZ? And based off of the medical information that is available online, you will be able to get a diagnosis from a software product. Now, that is a good example of where it could be very good or it could be very bad, especially if the advice is wrong. Um, so that's one example that I'll give, but I'll give a more practical example. Um, let's say uh, ChatGPT is a language model AI. Well, since their release, another language model AI has also been released. And what you can do is you can take the URL of a TEDx video, a TED Talk, take the URL of that video, and you can type in, can you create an essay based on this video, and you paste the URL, it will transcribe that URL, the video from it, and then it will write a paper for you with sources cited within the essay, 1,000 word, 1,500 word. You know, you can even specify to how long you want the article to be. Can you write a 2,000 word article based on this video? And the software will spit it out like that. It is truly, truly Impressive. Let, let me give you a few more examples of how I've used it over the last few weeks that I've been playing around with it. Examples. Create a month-by-month -month marketing plan for a 3PL. That is what I asked ChatGPT to do. And it created it for me like that. And that is what is so insane about this is that some of the information, let, let me just read from you the screen and I'll also post about it in the show notes. But there's one example that I can pull up. Just give me a second. I guess it's not going to load for me. But what I'll do is I will post that result in the show notes so that you can read through. It literally gave a month-by-month -month breakdown of how to make a marketing, or not how to make a marketing plan, but a sample marketing plan for a 3PL for the next six months. And that is incredible to me that, you know, some person that's working at a 3PL right now who is just, you know, very basic level of marketing knowledge or maybe sales knowledge and they don't know where to start, you use this tool and you have a plan laid out for you for the next six months. That is frankly incredible. The next example that I used and that I, I used within the system and that you can too, it's free for right now, it's free. Um, but the next prompt I use is create a trucking business plan for 2023. And then another prompt that I use, which that was okay. Um, I don't know that the software knows a lot of the nuances yet to different industries, but that's part of the language model process is that the more data that they get, the more feedback that they receive from real humans using this software, the better that the results are going to be. So keep in mind that this is just the first version of this language model, ChatGPT. I have heard that they already have ChatGPT4 that is ready, Chat no, I guess it would be Chat4PT. So that is, they're already ready to release that version. So that's how quickly these tools are evolving. And one of the ones that made the most sense to me is that I asked ChatGPT to rewrite this podcast transcript into a blog post. So I transcribed an episode just like this, 
I used a tool, otter.ai, to transcribe the blog post, copied the text that it gave me, and then I pasted it into ChatGPT and I said, I want you to write a blog post summary based off of this transcript. And it spit it out like that. And I'm going to use it as a test for this episode. So you can read through this test of the show notes and you'll be able to see what ChatGPT thinks about this episode and what it covers. So maybe you can kind of, we can compare and contrast and, and that, that'll that be a really fun game to do to see how it would work um, or to see how close it is. Because based on my own experiments, it's very close to being perfect. And it is such a helpful tool so far that it's led to so many other different tools that have started flooding the market. Only, you know, more programs are just going to keep on coming. It's really, really exciting on, on some hands, we can't talk about you know the positives of it without talking about the dangers of it. There are obviously going to be changes that that are made to the platform. Let, um, for example, ChatGPT when it first released, you were able to ask it how to make a Molotov cocktail, and it gave you the recipe on how to make a Molotov cocktail. Uh, so that is obviously information that you don't want into a lot of people's hands, especially the wrong kind of people. So, and the wrong is subjective. So that's what you don't want software picking and choosing. So since then, OpenAI has restricted some of those answers because they want to take a responsible approach. But sometimes with these technology advancements, you don't know what's responsible and you don't know what isn't until it's already out into the wild. And that is what we're going to be experiencing in the coming months, in the coming years with these tools as they become more widely adopted and more widely used is that you're going to run into different things that are questionable from a moral, ethical standpoint. But right now, I'm choosing to see a lot of the positives that this will give, especially to the one-person marketing teams, especially to the founders out there, especially to the, you know, former, you know, maybe you're an executive assistant or a former executive assistant like I was and wearing a ton of hats and handling the marketing for, you know, a major 3PL and um, you needed some help and you weren't necessarily given that budget or given that assistant help. And these tools, I wish I would have had, you know, back in the day. But I'm so glad that they're here now because then you could start experimenting it with it as well. It's a free platform. You can go to, to openai.com, create your own account, start playing around with it. Um, and the reason that this matters is because the sooner you learn these tools, the sooner you can leverage the power that they're going to provide. Based off of my own personal experiments with them, the prompt is the most important thing. If you don't get the answer that you want, try rephrasing that prompt into something else so that you can try to get closer to what you were aiming for. And, and this is part of the, the evolution of this software, but it's it's evolving quickly and you need to learn these tools very, very, very quickly. Otherwise, you know, you're... I'm of the opinion that if you don't learn these tools, you will be in danger of losing your job to the folks who do know how to use these tools. This episode is brought to you by SPI Logistics, the premier freight agent and logistics network in North America. Are you currently building your freight brokerage's book of business and feel that your capabilities are being limited due to lack of support and access to adequate technology? At SPI Logistics, we have the technology, the systems, and the back office support to help you succeed. If you're looking to take control of your financial future and build your own business with the backing of one of the most successful logistics firms in North America, visit SPI3PL.com to learn more. 
Let's talk about the next big thing for freight marketing in 2023 that you should keep your eye on, and that is content remixing. Learn the phrase and embrace it. And what content remixing is, it's basically taking long-form content and turning it into short-form content that is ideal for the platform you are sending it to and the audience that you want to attract. So that's kind of like a lot. It's kind of like um, almost like a no-brainer at the same time as well. But you want to think about where your audience is hanging out. Where is your target audience, social media-wise, hanging out online? They're probably on LinkedIn if you're looking for shippers. Uh, Twitter, maybe. Instagram, eh. Uh, Facebook, Facebook groups for sure. Um, Facebook in general, probably not. Um, so di- think about where your audience is hanging out. Maybe TikTok. Um, TikTok has exploded in growth in the last couple of years, especially since COVID. It's still the number one downloaded app. And it's at risk of um, being banned from the United States, I think, every other week. Uh, but that's only because the other major social media players are uh, they're threatened by that dominance that TikTok has arisen to so very quickly. But other platforms, you know, there's still a place for each one of those. So YouTube, of course, is another, I guess, technically social media platform that I would consider as well. But you want to think about content remixing as taking long form content and turning it into short form content that you can post out to all of these different channels. And so the reason you want to learn this, because People typically ask me, well, how do I get started posting to social media? I want to start posting for my business. I want to start getting more leads. I want to generate more traffic to my website. So how do I get started? And you start off by being a curator. You start off by being a consumer of content. So think about the podcasts and the videos and the things that you read and the things that you engage with that your audience would care about. So your audience is the customers that you want to attract. Like this isn't about, oh, I just read this um, great blog about the Kardashians, which is, I, God, that feels like a, you know something you would say five years ago, not something you would say in 2023. But that is one instance where you want to think about what your audience wants to see overwhelming majority of the time and the content that you are going to be curating. So think about that podcast that you really enjoy that you thought was fascinating. Think about that YouTube video that you thought was really good and that you, or maybe it's an article that came out on, you know, an industry publication and you have, you know, some certain thoughts behind that, that you want to put behind that. So what you would do is you would take that long form content and you would summarize what you think about it in a way that is attractive to your audience. And then you would take that and you would post that to social media. You would take that and you would post it as an email to your current customers. Take it and post it as an email to your target leads that you're trying to go after. Think about remixing content in a way that you act as the curator first and you don't necessarily have to be a podcast host. You don't necessarily have to be, you know, a TikTok star. Um, you don't have to do any dances or anything like that, not necessarily. Um, but you you want to think about it in a way that you can be the curator first and find the quality information and give your spin on it and give your industry insight on it, and then share that insight with your target audience. That's how you want to think about content remixing. Because once you become comfortable with being a curator, then you can take that next step 
and to being a creator and to being the source of that long form content, being the host on the podcast, being the the 10 minute video host on YouTube. Um, think about it in that lens of you start off with being a curator and then you can move into the creator role. Because once you do that, then you can start really honing in on what messages work best on what platform. Because for a lot of, I guess, folks that are already engaged in marketing activities, meaning you're creating content regularly, you're posting to maybe LinkedIn and Twitter on a regular basis, uh, maybe to Instagram, some of these other text-based platforms. So you're, maybe you're already comfortable doing that. And you're wondering, well, why I why don't I get more engagement on my posts? Well, why don't I get more interaction from other people? And it's it could be a variety of different reasons, but more likely than not, you're not creating content that interests the audience. Too often, creators will create content that interests them, and that's fine. That's one way to approach it, but in a B2B environment, you need to think about your audience first because most, the overwhelming majority, I would probably be safe to say that all internet users are selfish and they want to see the content that they care about, that is going to help them, that is going to educate them, that is going to entertain them. That's what they want to see. And if your posts are all about you, are all about your business and things like that, they're not necessarily going to be gravitating towards that type of content. The real magic is when you take something that's happening within the industry and your business solves that problem of what's going on in the industry or that you can offer some insight into how your business would solve that problem, and then you share that out with your audience, that's where the real magic happens. Now, nine times out of 10, it takes a while to build up that type of awareness, that type of engagement with your audience. You can't just start posting to LinkedIn tomorrow and start getting 100 likes on a post. Even then, of those 100 likes or those you know, maybe 20 comments, how many of those people are realistically going to be doing business with you? So another thing you want to keep in mind is don't worry about the vanity metrics. Worry about the right metrics because it's, this isn't something that happens overnight. You want to start by posting to social media as a content remixer, and you want to do this as a slow build, as a content snowball effect. And you, it's not going to happen overnight, as I said, but within four, five, six months, you should have a pretty good idea of what's working well with your audience and what isn't working well. And when I say all this, it sounds, it, it could sound, you know, intimidating or complicated or something that you just, frankly, quote unquote, don't have the time for. But if you want more leads and you want more traffic and you're not doing anything to get either of those two things, then you're going to have a bad time. So you need to make time for these things that will pay off in the long run. They might not pay off tomorrow, but if you worry about the right metrics and not the vanity metrics, then it will give you more confidence to keep going and keep posting the things that your audience will care about. And so when you think about what your audience will care about, the first place you really want to start are those conversations that you're already having with your customers, those conversations you're already having with your leads. What questions are they asking? Create a Google Doc and store those questions in that document. So then that way you can keep a running list of the things that are asked of you and things that people, yet your customers and your clients are concerned about or even your leads are concerned about. And then that way you know 
that if one person has that question, there's probably several other people that are dealing with that same that same struggle point as well. So that's a perfect place to start with that's what I'm going to post over to social media or I'm going to learn, I'm going to try to tie in the questions that people are asking of me and the industry news that I see out in the wild. So podcast videos, you know, articles, things like that and try to marry those two together into sort of a like a Venn diagram of how to figure out just exactly what to post. And now in order to find the time to post, treat it as the first thing you do in the morning. When you sit down at your desk, think about what you want to talk about on LinkedIn for the day, the post you want to create. Or you could be thinking about it the night before as you leave work. What questions were you asked? Um, what topics on social media? Maybe you were scrolling through social media and you saw you know, something that was of interest to you that you think your customers might like as well or your leads might like. So think about it. You can think about it in advance. It's all part of you know your work process. But if you treat it as the responsibility to take care of first thing in the morning, then you can get back to doing everything else business-wise that you need to do for the day. And you only have to check in a couple times each day. And so th- think about a sample schedule. Wake up, get to your desk. You're thinking maybe you're driving on the way to work. Uh, maybe you're thinking about what you want to talk about on your way to work. So you sit down at the desk, maybe it's 7.30. The first thing you do before you check email, before you check anything else is you write that post. You spend 30 minutes could take you less, could take you a little bit more, but I would budget about 30 minutes to start and you could write out that exact post, get it scheduled, get it posted up, and then go about everything else that you have to do for the day. Then at lunchtime, you check in, you see how it's doing, you see how it's performing. Do you have any questions? Do you have any likes on the post? Um, What kind of people are liking the post? What kind of people are commenting on the post? Are these people within your target audience? If so, then that's a signal that you're doing the right thing and you need to keep doing more of it. Then maybe later on that night, you check in again and see it. And you do this as a process each day. And then that way, it's an instant feedback loop as to what kind of reaction your post is having. Is it a good? Is it bad? It could be a variety of, of things that affect the performance of that post. But again, we're, we're focusing on the right metrics not the vanity ones. It doesn't matter if you only get two likes on your first post because everybody starts off at that point. Everybody starts off at that point. You have to build up to getting that awareness, getting that engagement. And like I said, it starts off at a very small place, but it has the opportunity to snowball in the coming months. So you think about it in the way of, I want to start off by being, I want to start off my content remix plan with using any kind of questions or comments that my leads and clients have asked in the past. And then I want to use the industry resources that I'm already engaging with, podcasts, videos, and articles. And then I want to find that Venn diagram so then that way I can combine those two things together and use that as my social media strategy. It has to be you doing it. This isn't something that you pass off to a marketing agency because your personal account is going to always get more engagement, more awareness, um, more interaction than a company page, always, because people want to interact with people. They don't want to interact with brand pages unless you're like the Wendy's account or, uh, you know, some other kind of like funny satire account, which, 
99% of companies will never be able to get to that level. So you want to post it from your personal account. Don't use these other tools like Buffer and Hootsuite and, you know, all these social media scheduling tools that are going to, you know, uh, take one post and turn it into, you know, 30 pieces of content and, you know, spray and pray it all over, you know, seven different social media accounts. That doesn't work. It hasn't worked for years. And that's probably why you, if you go back and look at your numbers, you would notice that it doesn't work. And so thinking of it from that level, You want to treat it responsibly. These are interactions and digital networking that you are doing online. So you need to treat it with respect. Don't use one of these just platforms to do the spray and pray method like I just mentioned. It's, It's overall... These social media channels know you're using those tools and they don't like it. They want you to come to their platform. They want you commenting on other people's posts. They want you liking other people's posts. They want you posting your own things because they know that you being active on that platform and interacting with other people is insanely more valuable than just using, you know, a, a, a marketing tool that's out there to, you know, schedule 17 different posts across all of your different social media channels. And think about the work that would be involved with trying to check the comments and the DMs and all of the different messages on across all of those different social media accounts, it's not worth it. You're going to stress yourself out. You're going to overwhelm yourself. And so just take my advice when I say this, and I've learned it the hard way and I've learned from experience that you need to focus on one or two platforms, put your energy in that, focus on the nuances and building legitimate relationships with people through digital networking and using it as a place for a digital handshake. So then that way, when that person does get to the point where they need to use your services, or you know, contact your company to book a meeting or they see you at a conference or they see you at an event, they feel much more comfortable coming up and talking to you about your company, about your business, and then you can take that relationship even further. So we can't be lazy anymore with these social media tools. They already know you're using these tools. They can detect the links of where that content is coming from. So just stop wasting your time, direct upload, and be serious about engaging with your audience because engaging with your audience now those could be customers six months from now. So that that's the way I think about it. Become a content remixer because it's going to put you in a place where you can move from being a curator to a creator. And then you're the voice of influence. And then you're invited to the networking events. You're invited to speak on a panel. You're invited to, to different podcasts. And then that just continues to snowball. So six to eight months, give it a good time span and make sure you're committed to it. And you will reap the rewards. I promise you that. And you not only reap the rewards, but you'll be able to have an instant feedback loop and be able to continuously get better and better at it as you continuously practice. Because we're never going to get better at anything if we don't practice at it. Do you wish there was a central place to pull in all of your social media posts, recruit employees, and give potential customers a glimpse into how you operate your business? Well, All of this should already be on your website, but too often we hand that responsibility of building our online home off to a cousin, a neighbor's kid down the street, or a stranger across the world. Digital Dispatch believes in building a better website at a fraction of the cost that those big time marketing agencies would charge. Because we've spent years on those digital front lines, our experienced team focuses on the modern web technologies to bring in all of the places you're already active online, show off those customer success stories, and measure the ROI of it all in one place. 
With managed website plans starting at $90 a month, head on over to digitaldispatch.io to see how we can build your digital ecosystem on a strong foundation. We've got explainer videos right on the website and the ability to book a demo immediately. Find it all over at digitaldispatch.io. The last big thing for freight marketing in 2023, and it kind of goes with what I was just saying, but doing more with less. And I don't mean, you know, wearing a ton of hats and the challenges of, you know, hiring good people and hoping that they actually stay with you long term. We all know that that's incredibly tough, but doing more with less by doing the work yourself. So the way you want to think about it is you want to document your processes. So if you're going to create a post on LinkedIn, what does that look like? Does it look like reading for 30 minutes and then coming up with a point? Does it look like creating a lingo library document, which is personally what I have and where I record all of the questions that my leads and my clients ask me on a regular basis? So then that way I can reiterate those phrases that they use, their lingo that they're using for the products and the services that I sell. So then I can use those in different social media environments. So lingo library document your processes of what it takes to promote your business. What process do you go through to write an email to your clients? What process do you go through to uh, update a website, to add a blog post, to be a guest on a podcast, to make your own podcast? Document those processes. And then once you document those processes, only then can you figure out where different tools, marketing tools and AI tools fit into the process. So then you can try to start figuring out what things do I need to do that only I can do? And then what things can I get software to do? And then that last layer of what things can I get a contractor to do? And so that's the way that I think about it as far as like marketing processes and and things that you want and things that you want to tackle, things, you know, challenges that that you want to overcome in the coming months, in the coming years document those processes, and then figure out where software plays a role. And then after that, figure out where people play a role. Because there are there are going to be certain things that only you can do. Only you should be posting to your LinkedIn personal page. You cannot outsource that. You cannot outsource comments and interactions with people on a social media platform. Now, the, the smartest CEOs, smartest entrepreneurs that I know, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Will Smith is, I don't know, this it's kind of a good example, kind of not, um, given his last year. Um, but it, these people are so powerful and so wealthy that yes, of course, they could hire someone to respond to comments and, you know, to, to post to their social media for them, but they don't. They do it themselves because they know if they had a conversation in the DMs with someone that if they see them at a conference later on or if they get an email later on, they want to be able to remember that interaction because that person's damn sure going to remember that interaction. So they they know how valuable it is to secure those digital relationships first. And then that moves into maybe, you know, another kind of relationship, a, a you know, a, a customer facing relationship later on down the line. So do the work yourself first because then you can document your processes and what works and what doesn't. Then you can figure out where software plays a role, where AI plays a role. And then from there, you can figure out where contractors and freelancers can sort of fill in the gaps. Now, another thing with doing more than less is that I'm a big proponent, and I mentioned this earlier, about focusing on one to two channels at once. And the reason I say this is because Twitter 
is not the same as LinkedIn. LinkedIn is not the same as Instagram. Instagram is not the same as a Facebook group. We all know that they're technically not the same, but for the last 10 years, we have been sold by marketing software tools that this is an easy spray and pray method where create once and distribute forever and you know all of these different slang terms and these different terminologies that, that we hear uh, about how you should take on your marketing approach. But doing more with less means that you can't be everything to everyone on all of these different social media platforms. You need to pick one or two and you need to focus on those because time is your most important commodity and you need to be able to leverage the platforms that are going to make the most sense. And the ones that make the most sense, especially if you are, if you're looking for shippers, LinkedIn makes a lot of sense. If you are looking for creators, TikTok makes a lot of sense. If you're looking for more in-depth information, YouTube makes a lot of sense. Um, Twitter, uh, Twitter is hands down the best platform for me to secure interviews for for the podcast or for you know different experiences in the future. Say different experiences, it really means just podcasts and YouTube videos. But Twitter is hands down the best platform to secure interviews for future shows. Um, so depending on what goals you have when it comes to your marketing. If you're limited on time, focus on doing more with less by focusing only on one or two channels and doubling down on those two channels. These I've, I've done a few interviews for December that are going to be released in, in January, and a few of them have already said, you know, we're not exploring more into marketing, we're cutting back and we're doubling down on what works. And so if these are big time companies that have the budget to already, you know, pay a marketing agency, probably several marketing agencies and have an internal marketing department and they're doing they're they're scaling back, you know, the platforms that they're active on, then that is a major signal that two other people out here that especially if you're wearing a ton of hats, especially if you're part of a smaller team that you don't need to be everywhere, you don't need to be everything to everyone, but you need to be really important on one or two channels. And start off with one, if you feel comfortable, move to two. Once you have two, you probably need to think about hiring and you probably need to think about getting a little bit of help. But I would focus on two platforms max and then that way you can have enough of that feedback loop to improve that process in the future and improve your content in the future. Because you always want to be making sure that you're you're making better content because like I said earlier in the show with all these AI tools coming into the mix, it's going to make it increasingly challenging for subpar content to make it big. It, it's just, it, that that's just... We're moving into a space where these tools are going to be um, very heavily used for quantity. And so focusing on quality is going to matter in the months and the years to come. You're going to think of it as time consuming, but by doing more with less, you can actually schedule it into your day a little bit easier than, oh God, I forgot to put a social media post up for today uh, and then it turns into two days and then it turns into a week and then it turns into, oh, well, now I have to get started all over again because that's what the algorithm thinks. And so you become overwhelmed and then you just quit. And instead, I say scale it back in order to double down on what works and to have that leverage that you're looking for in the future. Because if any of these platforms go down, if any of them are deleted, at least you've honed in on the skills on one or two platforms that you can take those skills and you can transfer them to the next big thing because there's always going to be a next big thing. There's always going to be another platform. Um, but you can at least focus on the ones that make sense for you right now. And then that way you can adapt as the market changes and as the market evolves. So do more with less. 
All right, that about does it for this week's episode. I know it was a lot. It was jam-packed. But I'm excited to dive into more of these topics for y'all in the coming months and to really drill down deep because I feel like I could spend an entire episode on ChatGPT and some of the functionalities and prompts that you can use for your own freight marketing in the future. I'm going to link to also a few other resources in the show notes in in case you want to keep that, you know, sort of learning train moving forward. Um, There really are so many tools and strategies that it can feel overwhelming. So that's why I love to test them out, try them out on Digital Dispatch, now the podcast, then I can help my clients and then listeners like yourself implement what makes the most sense for your time, your money, and your energy. But until next time, I am Blythe Bromley and uh, go Jacks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast for the thinkers in freight telling the stories behind how your favorite stuff and people get from point A to B. If you liked this episode, do me a favor and sign up for our newsletter. I know what you're probably thinking, oh God, another newsletter. But it's the easiest way to stay updated when new episodes are released. Plus, we drop a lot of gems in that email to help the one-person marketing team and folks like yourself who are probably wearing a lot of hats at work in order to help you navigate this digital world a little bit easier. You can find that email sign-up link along with our socials and past episodes over at everythingislogistics.com. And until next time, I'm Blythe and go Jags.